Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of Your Brain's Coach podcast. My name is Angela Sharina. I'm your host. I'm your brain's coach. Just someone with a lot of passion for helping you guys to learn all the brain tools you can use to feel, look, and do your absolute best. Because guys, it's all in the brain. Let me remind you, every single decision that you make, you make it because your brain decided that is a good idea. And your decisions are influenced by so many things, things that you can actually directly influence by designing your environment, physical or mental or digital, by eating certain foods or creating certain lifestyle for yourself, right? Or practicing certain self-talk. All of that will shape your decisions, will shape your actions and will shape your life. So please do pay attention to what's happening to your brain. And you know, guys, when I teach people into high performance, things like deep focus or increased motivation and how you can maintain increased motivation levels on a daily basis or peak performance states like flow states, right? Where performance can be five times better, higher, uh, than in our usual state. When I teach those things and I talk about uh, setting clear goals or eliminating distractions or uh, creating meaning in what you do, right? I always get back to the same idea. It's all good, but if your body doesn't match, if your biology doesn't match, what you're trying to do with your mind, there is no way you're going to be getting into deep focus, low states, or creating optimal or peak performance with your brain. Your willpower can only go so far. If your body chemistry, if your health, if your fitness, if your brain chemistry, they do not match what you're trying to do, and those are conditioned by things like lifestyle, sleep, light exposure, nutrition is a huge part of that, right? Uh, you know, sometimes people really underestimate nutrition. Nutrition is what you're made of. It's not just fuel. It's what every single cell in your body is made of. It's what you're doing every day. Without your nutrition or specific nutrition support, you cannot get into your optimal, most optimal state consistently. So I always get back to that, right? Before uh, trying to set your clear goals and figuring out uh, how you can find meaning in what you do to increase your performance, you got to first ask yourself simple things. Did I sleep all today? Did I expose myself to a late? Did I eat well? Did I uh, exercise over the course of, I don't know, past several days, right? Uh, you got to ask all of these questions because even one night of poor sleep will compromise your performance, your ability to focus, your flow state by a lot. Or if your nutrition is always suboptimal and you're missing key nutrients like B vitamins, for example, or certain uh, minerals like magnesium and iron, your performance is not going to be where it needs to be to get into those more high-performing states. So don't really, like, don't underestimate those things. They are what make, what, what you are made of, right? What you think, what you feel, what you do. And today I want to talk about a smaller aspect of nutrition and lifestyle. It's a smaller, but it's also a big one. Uh, you can experience things like brain fog 
or your energy going to be all over the place or anxiety. For me, for example, uh, a couple of those things, they induce anxiety almost right away, right? As soon as like it reaches my stomach and it's digested and metabolized, I start feeling more anxious and it's a consistent experience. That's why I don't eat out much in the restaurant uh, unless the restaurant, you know, really has something of good quality for the brain to offer. So what I'm talking about is cooking methods. Cooking methods can make or break your food, right? Take potato. If you eat raw potato, you can really die of poisoning. Or if you eat uh, raw kidney beans, I don't know if how you can eat them when they dry raw, I don't know. But when you eat those beans without a preparation, without cooking, without that destroys some of those nutrients, anti-nutrients that can literally kill a human being, right? So cooking is good. But then if you make French fried out of potato, you create a lot of carcinogenic compounds that when you consume them on a regular basis, day after day, day after day, they will not only contribute to your performance right after you eat them, again, creating things like brain fog or more anxiety or just low energy state or crankiness. Um, they do not only create that at the moment, but they also contribute to metabolic disease or heart disease down the road or brain uh, disease, right? Dementia, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's. It seems that a lot of that stuff is just accumulated damage, damage of poor lifestyle and poor nutrition. So potato, right? Not cooked can be poisonous. Cooked in a uh, French fries way, can be also poisonous just over the long uh, term and can compromise your performance in the short term. So the same vegetable, right? The same ingredient. Just understand that the only thing that is different, that is cooking. And the same goes for all the, all the other foods. Um, so I made this mini post to note PD, you know, a list of cooking methods that brain coach doesn't use. And I put a picture of salmon and somebody asked me, well, I fry my salmon. And it's... You know, depending on how you fry it, um, how long, uh, what kind of oils you use, um, right? What what kind of method that is, it's still not not going to be as good or as bad as French fries because of different composition of salmon. But it's also not going to be as good as something that is steamed or thinly sliced and maybe cooked with some uh, water in a slow cooker, right? Or without water. I I actually haven't used a slow cooker for quite a while. Um, Cooking method really matters. It turns... nutrients into different versions of of those nutrients. And sometimes it creates compounds that are pro-inflammatory, that are carcinogenic, uh, meaning they increase your chances of getting cancer when consumed again on a regular basis. Not like, you know, you eat one French fries and you increase your rates of cancer. Of course, that doesn't happen. But if something is your habit, realize that habits do really accumulate. And the way you cook your food, what is your habit, that will also change the state of your health. Sometimes cooking methods can destroy nutrients like vitamin C, right? It's best to eat in raw fruits, because it's very temperature um, and light sensitive. So what it means is if you take, I don't know, what is it, like oranges, and you cook them, a lot of that vitamin C will be destroyed, or there is also vitamin C, of course, in broccoli or Brussels sprouts. Like if you cook them at high temperatures and you let you then store them for quite a while, there's almost like 
no vitamin C. We had all this high temperature cooking method. Now let's go through the list of cooking methods. It's just three items that I do not recommend. We're going to start with the worst and going to go to the less least offender of brain's health that uh, can cause, again, anything from brain fog to anxiety to your energy being all over the place, low energy, and then low motivation states, just low productivity states, right? Number one, charring, grilling, frying at high temperatures, anything that creates charcoal or has the potential to create charcoal fast out of your food, that is procarcinogenic. That's going to increase inflammation. That's going to make your gut leakier. That will, um, in most cases, create uh, immune reaction that is negative. And you know, our brain is very sensitive to what's happening with your immune system and with inflammation level. So all of that stuff, um, again, yeah, meat, fish, uh, all of these amazing things, vegetables like bell peppers, you know, people also like to grill um, zucchinis, etc., or tomatoes or onions. All those things are amazing. But when you start making charcoal of them, you not only destroy all the, uh, not all the, but huge part of vitamin and mineral profile of those foods, but you also create a lot of carcinogens that you consume. And if you make it a habit, and let's say you consume it every day, a piece of grilled uh, fish or chicken or meat, and you really like your grill, that's going to create more and more and more challenges for your brain performance. So sometimes people eat really weird stuff for breakfast, and then they can't figure out why can't they focus, right? Would stop eating food that is prepared in that weird way, right? So charcoal, grilled, uh, fried at high temperatures, again, stuff like French fries, like, but even if you French fry broccoli, meaning use the same method of deep frying in oil at super high temperature, it's also not going to be great for you. So realize that cooking really matters. And for a lot of people, um, they do not realize that, but that brain fog, again, that anxiety after meals uh, is caused by not the food itself. It's not like you are, let's say, sensitive or allergic to salmon, but the way it's cooked. So when I go to a restaurant and if I get grilled salmon, they usually put some also oil on it. And so I'm not sure whether that's oil or cooking method. And it's not just salmon. It's any food that's cooked that way. That weird oil that they use in most restaurants. All the time, I'm feeling totally fine, and then my anxiety and my energy levels, my anxiety usually is the one that suffers. I'll just start having those thoughts, like doubting every single moment or thinking that, you know, everybody's thinking of me. It's like I get this weird thought pattern, um, and I tracked it. it. It happens all the time, only when I eat that grilled or fried stuff that smells like, I don't know whichever oil they use, but I can smell it. Um, If I eat something else, like a plate of fruit or yogurt bowl or something or salad, never happens. So cooking really matters. And how you can track it really easily. Evaluate your state before you eat and evaluate your state, how you feel, how you, and your energy, your thinking, your state after your meal, like let's say in 30 minutes. See what changes, right? And if that's consistent pattern, that's probably the food. The second cooking method that 
not so much cooking method, but something to be aware of when you cook, is the oils you use. Some oils have lower smoking point, some have higher smoking point. Smoking point, in general, means that the oil becomes like a smoke at either lower or higher temperatures. You know, you see that like happening uh, in your pan. So that means that your oil reached its smoking point. Um, So some oils have lower temperature for that. Some have higher. And also some oils get oxidized and their molecular structure becomes unstable. It changes at lower temperatures. Some oils are very stable. Saturated, and that's where you get your saturated, monounsaturated, polyunsaturated. Polyunsaturated are the less stable. All the omega-6 oils, all the, you know, canola, cottonseed, um, soybean oil, all the oils that they say, oh, these are high in omega-3s or, uh, you know, omega-6s, sunflower oil, all of these oils, they might be okay or even good when consumed at appropriate temperature, you know, like a cold press and you put it in a salad or you use it with slow cooker or at low temperature, right? When you fry with that stuff, it gets oxidized very easily compared to uh, things like avocado oil um, that has a very high smoking point or coconut oil or butter, you know, butter, especially uh, saturated fat. Like you can cook with it or ghee, you know, the same stuff at high temperatures and nothing happens to that. I'm not saying that then frying is really good because it's still high temperature it's going to destroy a lot of nutrition in your food, but at least the oil is not going to get more pro-inflammatory, making your gut leakier, triggering your immune system, creating more inflammation in your brain, right? So the higher the temperature, the smoking point of the oil, the higher the temperature you can use in your cooking. But in general, the higher the temperature of your cooking, the less it should be cooked for time-wise. So that's why when they say, you know, stir-fried, it's meant to be two, three minutes, not 10, 15 minutes when you, again, destroy um, a lot of nutrients, but then also has a higher potential to create a lot of carcinogenic compounds. A friend of mine the other day asked me, Angela, what do you use when you fry stuff? And I had to think to myself, because I haven't fried anything for quite a while. And it's just because I learned at some point that cooking method really matters. And also I learned that, you know, if you use oils and the same stuff happens to the oils in your food, like let's say in salmon, then if you use high temperature, all that stuff going to get oxidized and the quality going to suffer and it might trigger different um non-desirable reactions in your gut. And that's going to travel to your brain, right? So cooking method um, matters. And take care of your oil. Not all oils are created equals at all. In restaurants, they use cheaper oils um, very often that are processed or oxidized. They are also overused. And they don't care about whether that's polyunsaturated, monounsaturated, saturated fat. They just care about the cheapest stuff that tastes good. Because that's what makes their business happen. You know, the bottom line of the business, the profit of the business. And also, of course, the food has to be tasty. Uh, so you enjoy But your long-term health, they don't really care about that. Plus, it's really, there is not a lot of studies on the cooking oils because it's such a tiny uh, 
variable in person's lifestyle that's very hard to track, you know, that you can really contribute certain health outcome to that specific oil. It's like you have to put people uh, in some lab for a long period of time, right? Um, and those things, they have a cumulative effect. It's not like, again, yeah, your anxiety can be increased like it, it is for me after your meal, but then uh, long-term effects you can only see in like 10, 20 years, who's going to be making an experiment with people for 20 years, right? So that's why you don't see those studies saying, oh, this is cool that causes this, you know, brain inflammation if you consume it for 20 years, because it's almost impossible to make this study happen. But that's, you know, back to the list. Number one, charring, reeling, basically making charcoal out of your food, um, be that uh, plant or animal food, French fries or not French fries, deep frying in oil using high temperatures. I guess not only just it destroys nutrition, it also creates more compounds that are um, health negative for you. And again, our brain is one of the most sensitive organs to things like inflammation or immune reactions uh, or different carcinogenic compounds. And then the third one... um, that has to do mostly with metabolism, but don't underestimate metabolism. You know, if your blood sugar fluctuates all the time, it means your energy levels and your focus and performance going to be all over the place and going to fluctuate all the time, right? But uh, it also has to do with your satiety levels, and your satiety levels have to do with your body weight, and your body weight has to do with your brain performance. Uh, there's been a lot of data um, about released about how body weight um, fluctuations, not like small ones, but let's say obese person and a normal weight person, their brain performance is considerably different. With obesity, uh, it declines, tends to decline a lot. Um, and that um, has to do, of course, with a lot of factors of lifestyle, not just um, nutrition. But it all, guys, it all adds up. So the third factor that I'm talking about is over-refining your food into juices, purees, different powders. You know, guys, we have our teeth and chewing machinery for a reason. It's where digestion starts. That's where your appetite awareness, uh, where your metabolic processes to digest, assimilate, absorb all that food, that's where it all starts. Your brain starts analyzing your food right in your mouth, you know, the way you chew it, the way it travels through the digestive tract. All of this, there are different sensory uh, sensory machinery along our digestive tract, not just in our stomach. Right? So it matters how the food is delivered. You know, some people say, it doesn't matter if you make smoothie or juice out of, I don't know, oranges, let's say, right? Um, it's still going to be the same in your stomach, but it's like saying, well, we're all going to die, so it doesn't matter what life experience we have, right? So whatever we do, the end is still the same, death, so why try to do anything different? So the same kind of here, delivery method does matter. Again, back to French fries example, how it's cooked or not cooked, it really matters for us, for human beings, and for most systems in nature. So when you juice, when you make smoothies, you 
eliminate this step of chewing of appetite awareness uh, this is the part of metabolism of food you know it helps the body to prepare insulin to maintain certain blood sugar it helps to prepare uh, different digestive enzymes to break the food down into its different components and um, get nutrients in the most uh, effective way so the way we chew or don't chew the way we extract our food the way we cook our food it all matters what I'm trying to say here here, you know, I, um, whenever my clients come to me and they're like, oh, I love green smoothies. I'm like, that's amazing. And for some people, it's the only way that, for example, healthy breakfast can work. But also I gave them this experiment. Okay. Now everything that is in your smoothie, try to eat that for breakfast. See how you feel. And very often, it's kind of becomes weird experience because a lot of ingredients in the smoothie, they can't really eat them that easily. But anyhow, um, I usually give a, a an easy example. I say, make a smoothie out of five bananas and drink it. And there is no problem with doing that. And then try to eat those five bananas. Most people cannot finish that. And that's because your appetite kicks in and it's like, stop your bananas. I've, I'm done with nutrition from the bananas. With smoothie, that stuff doesn't happen because your stomach, your brain cannot react that fast. Yeah, in your stomach, and once it's broken down, it's going to be analyzed. But before that, there is no preparation, no chewing, no traveling through digestive tract happening how actual bananas would travel. And that's why we tend to overeat, we tend to have unbalanced diets because we overconsume certain nutrients, and under-consume others. And that's why your brain doesn't know what to crave when you create all these weird mixes of powders, potions, smoothies, and juices, right? And again, it's not like it's super bad for you or there is something uh, potentially uh, dangerous, even though, you know, if you create, if you eat, for example, a lot of carbs really fast, has um, a, a good potential to raise your blood sugar and make you sleepy and decrease your ability to focus and perform mentally. But besides all of these things, it's not like I'm saying it's super bad for you, but I am saying that it's not the same as eating whole food meals that you have to chew. So be aware of that. I personally try not to over-refine my food unless I have to. So um, I like to chew my fruit, I like to chew my vegetables, I like to chew my avocados or nuts and seeds uh, and whatever it is I'm eating. And my appetite awareness has never been better. I used to struggle with food. I used to overeat all kinds of things and I felt like my stomach was just never full, right? I just couldn't fill it. I was always hungry and had to consciously control it. Once I switched to mostly whole foods, like I can use, you know, things like cacao powder or maca powder, but mostly whole foods that I chew, that I prepare in this healthy way. I almost cannot overeat, even on holidays, like I had a meal and I'm done. Like I cannot eat more. There is no urge, no desire. My brain is, we had enough, right? And that's what will happen. And also my cravings are more natural. Like I feel when my body is low on vitamin C, I crave certain fruit. When my body is low on protein, I crave certain food. But that's again because I eat most of the time, like 99% of the time, completely like unprocessed food. Well, they're processed, but minimally they're cooked to the point that make them uh, good for consumption, right? And, um, you know, slightly enjoyable because I do want to enjoy my meals. So just... Today, please do realize that cooking really matters. Um, and the same meal can create inflammation in your body. 
the same meal, meaning same ingredients. Or it can create a state of high performance. And it's all in the cooking, it's all in the procession, and of course, it's all the ingredients. But these days, what causes most problems is the process, the way food is made and cooked and prepared and consumed. Um, these are not small things, they're quite big, and they will affect your brain performance. Again, if you're somebody who goes to a cafe and orders this um, scramble eggs, and they're cooked in that oil, and then you can even understand, like, I just don't feel that good. You know, I don't want to work. Maybe I should just fast. Well, maybe it's not the eggs. Maybe it's just the frying and weird oils in that specific place. You know, very often when you make it at home with real butter, it already becomes so much better. And maybe, you know, you don't overcook it and, I don't know, use non-sticky pad pan. There are many different ways to make the same food more uh, beneficial and much, 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 much less uh, anti-performance, pro-inflammatory, all this stuff that happens with frying and uh, uh, using inappropriate oils, etc. Right. So let's recap. Today you learned that cooking matters, that what you do matters just as much as uh, what you do with your food is what food you actually eat. So I do not recommend, number one, and that's the most important, charring, grilling, using super high temperatures on your food. Again, two things, destroys nutrients, creates carcinogenic pro-inflammatory compounds. Number two, use appropriate oil for cooking. I personally don't use many oils. I Again, I like to chew my food for satiety reasons, for nutrient balance reasons, so I don't have to consciously think about my meal planning that much. But instead, my stomach, my brain help me, right? So number two, use appropriate oils. Uh, check out the smoking point. And remember, the higher the temperature, the shorter the cooking time has to be. And number three, when you juice, you make smoothies, realize it's not like eating whole food. The process matters. And the process of digestion, of sensing nutrients in your food, it starts in your mouth. And when you eliminate this process of chewing your food, then it's lost. It's going to take more time for your body to process, digest, and it's just never going to be the same. So realize that food, that what, realize the thing, guys, what you do to your food, again, it matters. If you have questions about other cooking methods, about what you should cook your food with, or what you should cook your food in, like the kind of uh, dishware or cookingware that um, you need to use for your cooking, right? If you have any questions, please do reach out because it really matters for your brain performance. Um, also, if you learned something useful, please do share this with other people, with your friends, maybe with somebody who cooks for you. Please do share. Teach them, right? Jim Quick likes to say, when we when we teach it, get to learn it twice. Also, uh, read this podcast, share this podcast, help me to help more people. Give me feedback. Give me, I don't know, gratitude. It always helps and pumps me up for more and better episodes. Just reach out, ask questions, share, teach, and let's make this world a healthier, a more high-performing one. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Have an awesome day, and I'll talk to you very soon. Until then, cook healthy.